When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hunting with Bro is underway from 6th and Peabody with the hot beer and old smoky moonshine, the Wednesday edition. Thanksgiving Eve has arrived. We're ready. Let's have a show, Chad. Let's, it's a good day to have a show. It is. We've got a great weekend coming up, too. Oh, we do. Long weekend, plenty of food and football. We'll be previewing it all. Trey Wallace joins us coming up in 20 minutes. Big games on tap. Rivalry weekend is here for college football. Trey with Outkick.com joins us in 20. We've got primary complaint as well. Plus, Clay Travis each and every Wednesday. Has he made it to uh, the beach home yet? Probably. Good question. Is he going now right after Thanksgiving? Is he a beach home for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I know he's headed there, yeah. Okay. Question is when. We'll find out. You never know with Clay's world travels. He could be in the upper peninsula of uh, Michigan. (laughs) He could be at his beach home. He could be overseas. Never quite know where he's going to turn up. On the seas or on land. That's right, yeah. It's on his his yacht. No doubt. Coming up, uh, he'll give us his preview and and prediction for Ohio State and Michigan. Looking forward to that. Top 10 games of the college football weekend. We know number one on Chad's list. We don't know. Two through ten. We will. What if find I just had a, uh, the ultimate shocker and the number one game <laughs> was not ball. Ohio State Michigan? <laughs> and I'm like, guys, uh, no one's talking about this, but Texas San Antonio Tulane is going to be my number one. It, it's not. It's not. Now it is in the top ten. Little spoiler there. I'll, I'll say that game is in my top ten, but not the number one game. We all know what the number one game is. Andrea Kramer joins us, one of our top guests over the years of this show. She's with us in the uh, the uh, two hours from right now, top of the third hour. And Chad, she had her final uh, Real Sports episode last night with uh, Jim Irsay, which is, I mean, if you didn't know about Jim Irsay behind the scenes, this is something to watch because it explains everything and shows you what the guy's like uh, behind, well, not even behind closed doors. Well, uh, very out front. The, the <laughs> news, crazy. Yeah, the newsworthy thing that every outlet's picked up now, we'll talk to Andrew about, uh, is in the interview, he says that in 2014, when he got pulled over for driving under the influence, that he got charged with the crime and pulled over because the local cops are prejudiced to white billionaires. Yeah. And and, 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 and Andrea, the, Andrea's fantastic, yeah. by the way. But in the Great. piece, she says, Jim, you know what that sounds like. You know the reaction. He said, I don't give a damn what it sounds like. It's the truth. I'm speaking the truth. People are prejudiced against white billionaires. And, of course, it goes to Bryant Gumbel in the post-piece wrap-up. And the first question he asked about that. Yeah. And it says, I'm, I was, you know, I'm real surprised you went there first. Uh, with this whole interview, but uh, and, we'll ask her about that. And and he says it was a hip surgery, which is just also Yeah, funny. and also the health and state of Jim Irsay is not just visibly watching the guy, listening to him talk, watching him try to walk around. It looks rough for a, a 64-year-old man. He's the Charlie Sheen of the NFL ownership. Yeah, he seems he's he sounds and looks like a guy moving around that's in his 90s. Not 64. So we'll ask her about a lot of those things. And also, the end of an era, 29 years of real sports on HBO starting in 1995. And that was the last new material show. They're going to have a comprehensive look back at all the years of the show. Uh, In I think December 17th is when that show will first air on HBO. But we'll talk to 
one of the all-time greats uh, about being a part of that show and her Jim Irsay piece, which is the biggest newsmaker from the last episode. We'll also preview the uh, top NFL games in every NFL game for, for Week 12. But, uh, Chad, we, we've got to jump into the game, the matchup. For the third straight meeting, we will see Ohio State and Michigan ranked in the top five, each team. And here we go with uh, – you've got the, the top five – programs two of the top five with a significance this year that trumps any potential magnitude of a rivalry matchup that I can remember in recent years maybe ever based on the result but also how it impacts both teams and the the impact of the college football playoff plus the perception of one program over the other it is um, an existential crisis of a game on both sidelines for this one both Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day were asked this week if they respect the other coach, and both completely dodged the question. They wouldn't answer it one way or the other. They said, we're preparing our teams. We're getting ready for the game. I'm not worried about stuff like that. Jim Harbaugh got this started when, after he won for the first time in 2021, said you got a coach over there that acts like, you know, acts like he had a home run when he was born on third base with Ryan Day. There's no coming back from that. When you were a coach that worked their way up and someone says that about you because you inherited Urban Meyer's program, I don't think there's a lot of coming back from that with Ryan Day towards Jim Harbaugh. And now you've got Ryan Day allegedly leading the charge in an investigation into this illegal sign-stealing operation with Michigan. These two coaches do not respect each other. Both Shim Beckler and Woody Hayes respected each other in this rivalry. They hated each other. They spent 364 days a year trying to figure out a way to beat the other one. But at the end of the day and at the end of a life, Bo Schembechler eulogized Woody Hayes when he died. The last time this game remotely came close to having this much meaning was 2006. It was billed the game of the century. One versus two, both undefeated. Chad Henney in, Notre, in Michigan versus Ohio State and Troy Smith, the eventual Heisman Trophy winner. Ohio State won that game at home 52-49 to in what was an epic game. Bo Schembechler died the day before the game. In part, doctors believe, because his cardiovascular disease was irritated because of his anticipation of that game. Mm. All of that surrounded that game, Hutton, and it doesn't come close to matching the meaning and the hype behind this game. In one corner, you have Ohio State, who is playing for a chance against a program they hate, and a head coach they hate, everything they stand for, that head coach is not on the sideline. If you win this game, the self-worth of all Ohio State people will be revived. And they will say, see, they did it because they were cheating. The whole time, they did it because they were cheating. Now they can't cheat against us. We're the better team and we won. Uh, in Michigan's corner, if they win, and they're a three-point favorite in this game, they say, see, overblown, doesn't matter. Can't do any of the scouting now. Everyone's changed their signals. Look what happened again. Third straight year, same result. No, by the way, we don't even need our head coach to beat that team down south. Don't even need it. We're the better program. This is true rivalry. This is not shaking hands after the game. This is not coaching staffs that like and respect each other. There is a true hatred there's always been a hatred between the fans. That hatred usually is more of a fan thing than a coach thing and a player thing. It is a coach and player thing now. There's no respect between the two men that lead this program at all. 
There's no respect between the players. And this leads to Hutton, I think, the greatest Ohio State-Michigan game, at least in anticipation well, of all time. And think about the other storylines, too. J.J. Uh, McCarthy grew up a Buckeyes fan. Wanted to play there. Ends up at Michigan. Blake Corum didn't play in this game a year ago. Stood on the sidelines. You know, it was kind of ballied about on whether or not he was going to play. It turns out Michigan didn't need him that day either. And consider what Michigan did to Ohio State in, in, in Columbus. Their first win there in, what, 20 years, where in this rivalry, the home team dominates uh, over the last, uh, since 1989, 21-11-1 is the record of the home team in this rivalry. Even more significant is when they're matched up in top five matchups in the polls, the home team is 10-3 in the last 13 meetings. But last year, on the road, Michigan went, and in six plays, they put up over 500 yards of total offense. Six plays of the game accounted for nearly 380 yards of that offense. What is this game like? Just on the field, the magnitude is incredible. And I was, I was laughing to myself thinking about the uh, Tony Petiti. You know, it, the commissioner should be at this game, right? Should uh, be. Is it a violation of the sportsmanship policy if you don't shake hands at the end of the game? Again, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, it's tongue I, in cheek, but like I don't, the I don't sportsmanship so. policy is what they've deemed Michigan for. Yeah, and it, here they are with so much. It, I mean, if Michigan now, wins, if there's a fight or something after, then yeah, absolutely, because they suspended Juwan Howard for three games. Right, that's right. For but, uh, getting but into I'm, it in the, in the handshake. But line. I'm joking about the handshake stuff there. But like, uh, if Michigan, what's the post game presser like? If 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 Sharon Moore is going to cry after a win against Penn State, what's that interview like? After Ohio State. I, I, and even better? Both sides. What is Ryan Day like at the podium in a loss? I, I'm telling or a you, win? This, this game defines self-worth for both these programs. That sounds extreme to some, but it's defining who these programs are. Because Ohio State has accused Michigan of these things. It's looking like it's true. And they believe they're cheaters. And then that's a big reason why they've been the better team the last couple of years. They can disprove that. Michigan can in this game, right? Yep. They've changed their signs. You figured out our scheme. And we still beat you without our head coach. That is damning for Ohio State and for Ryan Day. Ryan Day starts to suffer from John Cooper disease at that point with three straight losses and not being able to get over the hump. For two teams that are undefeated, second and third in the country, it feels even bigger than that. And that everything – this is a win and end scenario to the Big Ten Championship game – but just intrinsically in these programs and what it says for both fan bases, for what they're going to claim, for what they're going to say, it's the biggest, most anticipated matchup in the greatest rivalry in college football. It's not the Iron Bowl. It is Ohio State-Michigan. This is the best rivalry in college football. And I think part of it is now that you have legitimate hatred, lack of respect between two coaches. I'm not saying that's always a good thing for it to reach this point. Because Woody Hayes and, and Bo Schembechler in the 10-year war uh, from yeah. 69 to 70, that was pretty good too. And those guys actually liked each other off the field and respected each other. But there was a hatred between the teams and programs. I'm not saying that it's a great thing for both these schools, but it's where we are right now. And it leads to what is a highly anticipated game. Chad, let, let, I want to get to the NFL in a moment. Let, let's look at the college football playoff rankings here. Because the only change we saw last night was with Washington jumping up to four. And the first two out right now, the five and sixth ranked teams, Florida State falls to five, which 
again, that they have been alluding to this, and even without the injury to Jordan Travis, I was mentioning like that when you hear them say that Washington's very close with Florida State, the only conceivable way that you can see them jumping is last week, where Florida State's facing North Alabama, and we see Washington go on the road and win at Oregon State. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan remain your top three. Oregon is at six. I can't help but look at the top six here and think, if Michigan beats Ohio State, where does that put Ohio State in the committee's eye? Does it put them at five? Does it, do they fall beneath Florida State at, and, and then that Florida State's in? What happens with Oregon as well in all of this? Because Oregon is really good. And we've really pinpointed in the Big Ten three games. And it's Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Penn State, and now this one. And how much of an impact could that have on Ohio State? Because I think the focus has been on if Michigan loses, they're out of the top four, right? And then they're not making their way back in. That would be the way that Michigan doesn't get into the college football playoff based on everything that's happened off the field. The committee's not going to look at it. The loss will speak for itself. Well, what about the Buckeyes, Chad? The, the, the importance of just winning this game. This is a true playoff game. I think for both, because I think the Buckeyes would be out too. Yeah, I mean, I, th- there is a chaos scenario where right, you know, I'm, the I'm one not teams in the other all get on in and that's, all that. That's fair. It is a playoff game for the Big Ten championship. The winner goes to Indianapolis. The loser doesn't. So it's a chance to win one title uh, from one of these winners. Um, I, I usually root for chaos. I got to be honest. I'm rooting for four 13 and 0 teams in, in the playoff. I, I'd love to see that once. I'd love to see it just play out where it's very clear who the four best teams are, and it's all the undefeated conference champions. We'd love that that are going into the playoff. And in the in for the last year of this, before we get into a twelve-team playoff next year, where oh by the way, Iowa would be in that twelve-team playoff right now. Before we get to that, I'd love to see a year where it's four thirteen and zero conference champions battling it out. And we're headed to the twelve-team playoff. Here's what it would look like right now. Uh, with the four buys, the top-ranked schools uh, from the, the Power Five, Georgia, Ohio State, Washington, and then you would have Florida State get the buy. Based, even though they're number five, they get the buy. Uh, again, before this week is played out. First-round matchups. Missouri's in on the road in Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Tulane would visit the Big House in Michigan. Penn State against Oregon. And Louisville in Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. This is awesome. Yeah, and it's what and and again, you add that, you know, we're talking about the possible scenarios for teams that could make their way into the four-team playoff. Now think about all that group of teams that could be looking at these last couple of weeks and thinking about ways they could get in to a 12-team playoff and what that looks like. Yeah. And how many more teams you add to that playoff excitement uh, is going to be a great thing for the sport. Chad, um and just the debate for 13 and 14, 15 you know, and it's really about 12, the debate for 12, because Tulane gets in as the highest ranked non-Power 5 school. James Madison falling off helps that debate, right? Yeah. This year, anyway. Tough loss for James Madison, they've ended their, uh They've ended their, their attempt. Their appeal. Yeah, their attempt uh, for, for any of that. But I, I prefer the debate we have next year, not this year. I prefer the magnitude of Rivalry Weekend this year compared to next year. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I... It does take a little bit of the shine off, not just a little, a lot of the shine off of this weekend, the Thanksgiving weekend of rivalry weekend. And if you have someone, if you, if you were trying to introduce someone to college football 
uh, or someone that's on the fence of, you know, I'm kind of, I love the NFL more. This is the game to turn on and watch. Well, Michigan, this is period. it. And it doesn't get better than this. You know, I'll run through my top 10, but th- there's some other scenarios out there in the top 10 that you're going to want to turn and in, tune into and watch also because there's some great opportunities for some teams to salvage a season, to wreck another season. Uh, it's going to be fun. And I'm with you because this is, it, it gives you added playoff games. Yes. It feels like with Ohio State and Michigan, whereas we know both teams are in a 12 team playoff regardless uh, after this game and they could meet up again. Makes it that much more special this Saturday. Is there a rivalry where the other school refuses to mention the other school's name? Pro- I mean, probably. I can't think of one off the top of my head, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, what my favorite Alabama sings a song in the fourth quarter that mentions Auburn's name. You know, do you know what my favorite name for a rivalry game is? After doing some research this morning, Farmageddon, which is Iowa State, Kansas State. Farmageddon. The name of the series is Farmageddon. Now, that is fantastic. Ben Affleck there, too. I thought about including them in the top 10 just for that name. <laughs> Farmageddon. Yeah. Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck will be at the game. Trey Wallace joins us. He jumps in the mix for the top college football matchups this weekend. That's next on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sixth and Peabody, our location, Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, we know your number one game. It's everyone's number one game, Ohio State and Michigan. Trey yep. Wallace joins us. We'll be certainly writing his opinion and coverage of all things Wolverines and Buckeyes. Trey at Outkick.com. Trey, happy Thanksgiving to you, man. Guys, uh, happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody is uh, getting prepared for some football and some turkey and uh, don't forget we got the egg bowl tomorrow night as well it's a nice one no doubt we'll we'll get your thoughts on that in a moment what are your what's just your gut feeling about what happens on saturday for big noon kickoff in michigan hosting ohio state man like the guys like this is one of those games where i i i, I feel like michigan is going to win but then i it's hard to put a prediction on this one because look, if if Michigan's defense, you know, gets beat by Marvin Harrison Jr. down the field, and the Ohio State defense shows up, and you know, we've seen over the last two weeks that JJ McCarthy really hasn't thrown the ball much, um, and and they struggled against Maryland, and it's just it's one of those things where I know it's at home, but all that chatter, and and I think. You know, I asked somebody this the other day, who what who's the pressure on here? Is it on Ryan Day and Ohio State to okay, in this little streak that's going on here, or is it Michigan to finally say, okay, screw the rest of the country and what's going on right now? We're going to a Big Ten championship. We'll probably end up winning it. And Tony Petiti is gonna have to hand us the trophy. Like it's so back and forth between who this pressure is really on here. And I, I just 
it, it's hard to give a prediction right now. I, I, I'm, I'm going to wait till the final injury reports come out and whatnot, but I'm just excited for this game. I, I'm excited for all the buildup to it, and I hope it lives up uh, to what everybody is saying. And, and, you know, we'll be there on Saturday covering it. I'll kick Will. So it, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, um, Florida State, Florida, I don't know how much of a good time it's going to be. Two backup quarterbacks going head-to-head in this one. Uh, Such a weird, and this is just a testament to the fickle nature of sports at times and where a program is headed. You feel like with, with, with Florida and Billy Napier, if they just win close games against Missouri and Arkansas and close it out, we think very differently about Billy Napier and the direction of that program, the recruiting class and everything else. But they don't win those games. And now they're playing to avoid a third straight losing season at Florida. And the first two being losing seasons for Billy Napier. But, Trey, I feel like they have a chance in this game. The Less than a touchdown underdog at home. They've got their backup quarterback, but so does Florida State. What do you think about this game and what it means for Billy Napier? And obviously we know what it means for Florida State, a chance to possibly play for a national championship. Yeah, biggest game in, I think, Billy Napier's tenure so far at Florida. I think when you when you when you when you've got Florida State up against the ropes, I guess you could say, because Jordan Travis is not involved, and Florida State had to play with Tate Roadmaker uh, at backup quarterback. By the way, great college football name. Uh, and then you know, I got to see, I got to see Tate play a little bit against North Alabama, but I got to see Max Brown, backup quarterback uh, for Florida, play against Missouri, and and him. You know, playing in you know midway through the third quarter, the fourth quarter against Missouri, being able to lead Florida on drives and 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 have a chance to win it there at the end. I just look the everything has gone wrong in Gainesville uh, over the last two years. I think that this game right here sets yourself up where you don't have an off season. You know, full of you're, you're going to have people talking in general. Uh, about the direction of the program, rightfully so. But I think this gives Billy Napier, okay, we just knocked off our rival. We got to six wins. We'll probably end up playing in the Birmingham Bowl or something like that, whatever. When it comes down to it, you also beat the number five team in the country. And I think you need that juice going into the offseason. They do. I mean, I know recruiting is where it is right now, guys, but let's be honest with each other here. You know, you get beat up in this game. Other coaches are coming after your recruits over these last two to three weeks that we're in this, and 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 things could go south pretty quick. So to keep the program stable, you need a win like this, and and and, and it's going to be tough because look, Florida State still got Keon Coleman, you got Jared Verse, I mean, they've got players on their football team. So this is going to be a really really tough matchup for them. But I do think it opens the opportunity to kind of I don't want to say quiet the naysayers up, but you just hit it, Chad. Like they lost a close game at Missouri where they should have won it. The defense would have just not folded at the end. The Arkansas game should have won the Arkansas game and making a field goal. That would have been over. So you're right. It would be a different conversation right now compared to where we're sitting. So beating the Seminoles, I think it's Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, or Saturday night. I, I Saturday that, night. Yep. Saturday night. It ups the ante when it comes to what's going on in Gainesville. And also, it get I'm not gonna say it gets people off his back, but it does be like, okay, maybe Billy can get this thing going in the right direction. Because if not, you guys know this next year, it's hot seat year for Billy Napier. And it's crazy to say, but you need results quick in college football. 
Trey Wallace with us uh, here, and you can read his uh, great work at Outkick.com. Check out the Trey Wallace podcast as well. We're all expecting craziness, right? Like a, a topsy-turvy weekend. and we, we haven't seen that yet. Sometimes we have seen it by now. What's If we're going to see the shock and awe of, at the end of the college football season, what do you think is most likely the game where that occurs? I, so I was going back and forth in my head last night on how we're going to get to the, the, the crazy playoff spot and, and how we were going to get some teams in compared to the other. I think it would come first off. You got you you would Texas would get knocked out in the Big Twelve title game by maybe Oklahoma State or something like that. Um, I think Oregon. The situation with Oregon right there is is if Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship, and then you've got the one loss Washington team and the Oregon team, and you got to figure out how you're going to handle that. That's just one part. To the second part, and then a little crazy. What if Alabama beats Georgia? Right by a field goal or a touchdown, and now you got to make the decision. Okay, well, wait a minute. You can't jump Alabama over if Texas won. You can't jump Alabama over Texas. You got to put Georgia somewhere. Does this knock them out? Like that's where the crazy. I don't think this weekend is where you're going to see a lot of movement. I think Ohio State, Michigan, yes, certainly. Sure, one of them are going to knock each other out. We can, obvious. Okay, Oregon, Oregon State. The best thing that could happen for Washington in the Pac-12 is Oregon State beats Oregon on Saturday in the Civil War. Just just knock them out, get Oregon out of the way. And then I think you can maybe land the plane smoothly when it comes to some of these other teams trying to get in. Because in my honest opinion, and I know they're playing with a backup quarterback, but if Florida State beats Florida on Saturday night in Gainesville, then turns around and goes and takes care of Louisville in the ACC title game, and I don't care if they win that game 10-7, to as long as they win that football game, it is very hard to keep an undefeated ACC champion out of the college football playoff. You have to put them in. You cannot take this precedent in this stand now. And where it would get really crazy, guys, is if Florida State is undefeated, Washington's hanging around, but if Georgia takes an L, and then maybe if we get a little bit of craziness in the Big Ten title game or even the Pac-12 title game. But I think it all gets set up. I think it all gets set up by by what happens with Texas Big 12 title game first, and then we see what happens between Oregon and Washington, and then we watch everything else kind of fold. Egg Bowl tomorrow night, Trey. You mentioned it, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Where is uh, the, the Where are the heads of the Mississippi State players right now uh, without their, their head coach going into this game? And we see this trend more and more that – it's important to get rid of the coach if you know it earlier so you can get ahead of everything else. Where is Mississippi State in terms of interviewing or finding their next head coach? And do they have a chance to pull off the shocker at home? Just like any other big-time rivalry game, I don't care if your record is 3-8 and eight on the season. It's going to be a war tomorrow night. Uh, and, and look, I'm excited. We've all watched these Egg Bowls go down the last couple of years. It's been absolutely insane. Uh, but I, I think – from Mississippi State standpoint, Will Rogers going to give this thing a go, going to try to play and try to throw Lane Kiffin's defense off a little bit. I, I know what we've seen. I don't know if Jackson Dart's going to be real healthy enough to go four quarters against Mississippi State. So this game to me is going to be, a, I, I think, a, a classic egg bowl. If because Zach Arnett's not there, you got to think about this too. The Zach Arnett anymore not there. 
you kind of let Will Rogers lose. Just let him do his thing that he was doing under Mike Leach. Like, let him lose. Throw the ball 40 times, okay? Let, let's try to catch Lane Kiffin and them off guard a little bit here. I think overall with the search and where we're at right now, I don't think Jamie Chadwell is going to be head of the coach at, at Mississippi State. Um, I, I think when you look at some of the candidates out there, I keep hearing the name Barry Odom uh, in talking with some folks. Um, I, I think he is a candidate right now. You look what UNLV is doing. Um, nine and three on the season. They're putting 40,000 fans into Allegiant Stadium in, 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 in LA. Like, it's just, is it time for him to come back home? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some other small time candidates out there and no disrespect to any of them. But if I, if you're not going with, with Jamie Chadwell and you kind of cut that off, I think you just got to pick up the phone and say, okay, Barry Odom, what do you want to do? You want to come back? You can run the defense here. We know you're good. Let's get an offensive coordinator that can, you know, not look like Mike Leach and all that mess, but also be able to actually look decent on that side of the ball compared to what Mississippi State did this year, guys, because you, you've you all seen it. They, they, they completely just changed the offense, and they didn't do it for their quarterback that is a passer who throws the ball 40 times. So very interested to see where that lands. Also did talk with somebody around the Texas A&M football program. They hope to have a hire done by next week. Um, so this thing is kind of picking up steam a little bit. Um, and, and I, I think Ross Bjork lands it sometime next week. Um, you have to remember the transfer portal opens the Sunday following championship Saturday. So we are what we're 10 days away, uh, from complete anarchy as Mike Elko like to say with the transfer portal. Speaking of the portal, uh, maybe Deion Sanders is more like Dabo Sweeney than I ever realized because he's saying, hey, a, a kid is not even faithful to his girlfriend even more, anymore. Uh, you, you give a commitment and then you go on another recruiting visit. You're not faithful. Uh, and then he's also mentioning that Colorado's not going to be an ATM. Um, Deion's the one coach that can say that and still pull recruits. Am I wrong? I, you're not wrong, but do you actually believe it? Like that's my my that's my biggest thing is I I I'm sorry I just don't believe it I know that Travis Hunter uh, came in Kwame McLean came in I get what Shadour is doing they're building themselves off NIL and I completely sure. understand right when they get there my biggest thing is if you want to be competitive in college football especially don't forget they're moving the Big Twelve you want to be competitive in college football you got to be able to dive into the NIL game and and and, and it's just just obvious what is what is Colorado going to be able to offer you besides Deion Sanders being there in terms of you know back-end NIL deal well, it would you just be I mean? a national like, television presence and game day and big noon kickoff there each and you know, both at the same time plus Aflac commercials where Shadur's friends can be on the commercial with you yeah and I think it's it's two different things we're talking about like he's saying I'm yeah, not going to go buy people right, right. but you're going to have all these opportunities I'm sure they're being told that when, when they're on campus given given their profile now but we know this about Dan he's not going to suck up to anybody Right. Especially yeah. high school kids. So I, I don't think he's going to play that game of, well, let's get you over here with our NIL collective and see how much we can get you to keep you away from going to this school. I think he's going to tell them to get out if they start doing that. He's going to tell them what yes. they can do and what he's done yeah. with his other players. Hey, but And you're right, that's right. I think He's saying, hey, don't come here to get rich. Come here. Uh, don't come here because you just want the payday now. Come right. here and then get rich and the, we'll yeah. handle the business stuff on the back end. In many ways, and he is refreshingly old school. Well, yeah. he is, and I think, look, I think it's great for college football. I do, and I completely understand what you're talking about when it comes to television and whatnot, but a lot of these players right now on the transfer portal, 
you can put them on television 12 times a year. They still want some of the bag. Like they, you know, they want to sure. be able to cash in. I'm not talking about high school recruiting. I'm talking about the portal where if you're going to go out and you're going to find yourself a five-star offensive lineman who has been playing in college football for three years and can start immediately, you're going to have to open it up a little bit and probably give them a little something on the side besides NIL. I just think, you know, so. Or they get the four-star tackle who's a backup, who doesn't want to be backup anymore. Right. You're going to have to do a little bit of something. So I think NIL, yeah, it helps. But some of these guys, you have to remember, they're juniors and seniors. They only got a year or two left of eligibility. They want to be able to cash in now, make a little money. Don't know what the future looks like. I do think we're going to see a little bit of wackiness when it comes to Colorado again (laughs) in the transfer portal. Um, That's not going to be surprising. But I do, at the end of the day, I think Dion and what Colorado can do to sell the program and sell the player, I agree with you. It'll help them once they get on campus. The key thing is you got to get them on campus first. Trey Wallace covers all things college campus. You can catch out all the football coverage this weekend, Outkick.com. We'll be all over it at Outkick. It's going to be fun, Trey. And uh, look forward to checking out the Trey Wallace podcast as well. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the fam. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. I really appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, check out our coverage. We'll be in Ann Arbor starting on Friday, and uh, we'll have everything covered from our end, uh, Michigan-Ohio State, this weekend. So thankful thank you, for you, Trey Wallace. Yeah. We're thankful for you, sir. Enjoy thank it. You. Thank you, Trey. There's Trey Love Wallace. You boys. Thank you. Uh, speaking of the portal and seniors and juniors on the move, uh, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest had something to say about Sam Hartman at Notre Dame and Senior Day. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Chad, I just got the menu uh, texted to me for Thanksgiving celebrations oh, tomorrow. Oh, I love that moment. Legit. Love that moment when that can happen. I mean, it's all, no one ever complains about the menu, right? No. Do you uh, buy what Bobby Carpenter was saying about? I, I, I thought about it. I needing have the, to have two different I meats have, in order I to be a about, feast. We have the two meats. And I, I'm, I'm never going to forget that. And he's right. I never really thought of it, it that way. But to truly be a feast, you need at least two different kinds of meats. And three or four or five makes it an even bigger feast. I go for the turkey over the ham first. What do you do? Oh, I'm turkey. I am. Um, you get both. Though, this right? time, of year, and it's something about this time of year too. Like I, if it's a sandwich, I'm going ham over turkey. But if it's just the actual physical eating of the meat, right? right. Then I'm turkey over ham, turkey uh, and gravy every time. Chad, we are uh, longtime uh, opponents of just oh, let's let's have a tribute video. Because Player X is back in town for the first time, right? A salute to uh, all of the great days of this average player who left well, the free agency for we, millions. And we want to be sparing with it. We're not anti all the time. There are times where it, it's, it's warranted, you but need not, to do it, but not all the time. Not just because you paid a player and... And he wasn't very good. You paid him or, and he yeah. didn't improve based on the, the money you gave him, right? He was Correct. still the same guy. Um, well, this is, <laughs> this is a bit different from the collegiate ranks, but I think we're going to see more of this. So Dave Clawson in the preseason at Wake Forest was complaining about 
those that were trying to poach, that were recruiting his roster through NIL, offering, and I think he tallied up all the offers of, of guys who had stayed but turned down uh, the in-season uh, recruiting that had gone on with his roster last year. And he said it was roughly uh, uh, several hundred thousand dollars is what he threw out there. Um, he was referring to, and at least I, I had the, based on the way he said and phrased things, players that stayed. One guy who left was Sam Hartman, and he's, of course, the quarterback at Notre Dame. He also never said an ill word about Sam no, Hartman. He no, said, no. I understand, which was also kind of crazy for a coach to say, but he's like, you get that opportunity with that money, you right. got to go. Yeah, sure. And, and so here is now Dave Clawson uh, discussing senior day for the Irish compared to the time spent on Hartman at Wake Forest. You know, we saw it last week in South Bend, right? I mean, it's, you know, here's a guy that we recruited and we developed and, you know, they're putting a video on him saying, we will always love you. And I'm like, you only dated him for a couple of months. It can't be love. <laughs> We're the ones that love him. We had five years with him. You rented him for a season. So, <laughs> you know, and that's... You know, they, they, they bought him and rented him for a year, and now they love him. So that's, uh, you know, that, that, when that video played, it's just like, holy cow, this is where college football is. So. <laughs> I love the honesty. He's dead on right, too, Chad. That is, is where college football is, and it's where fan bases are. Well, and I don't know that, like, anybody's really wrong here. I, I also kind of see it as an attempt to troll a little bit by Notre Dame, uh, right, with that video, with it being Wake Forest on senior day, too, with the we will always love you type deal. Um, so I, I'm not sure that it's completely genuine by Notre Dame and all this. Maybe it is. But, but everyone loves love, right? Yeah, like, and you, he's, he's right in that it's... Um, they, he chose them just like he chose Wake Forest, and so you have both programs who love him. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I get his frustration because it's like everybody now gets to have the best of all worlds. Yes, yes. And where college football, the fun part of it was, you know, this is my guy. Right now, there's people arguing over whose guys. The whole Jalen Hurts debate. Is he Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts or Alabama Great quarterback example. Jalen Hurts, right? Where you never had this as an issue until the last, I don't know, five to ten years. Joe Burrow's another one. With a transfer portal, Joe Burrow's a good one. Um, and we all, he, you know, Joe if, Burrow if you're impartial, you sure. mentally go to one school or the other. But I, I get his frustration in what he's saying about, well, this is, I guess, where we are in college football right now. And it's not really a great thing. That that's where we are. You make a decision typically, and it's okay, even if it's a program that is, you know, lesser in the eyes of college football fans or history or whatever. I went here because it was the best of my options at the time, and now I'm going to make it into something and I'm going to stay. Well, that's just no longer the case because now guys get good at programs like Awake Forest, and they're going to have better opportunities for more money at more high profile historic programs. And it leads to, what Dave Clawson is saying, the frustration of this is where we are in college basketball or college football now, I guess, is just I, I get I get the frustration with it. Uh, and I don't think anybody did anything wrong here either. You know, Sam Hartman, I don't think really did anything wrong. Uh, Notre Dame didn't do anything wrong by going out and getting the guy in the transfer portal. Right. That was the best quarterback. It's just it's frustrating. It's different. It, it's not the same. And And people might argue, well, if you're just against change, then – I, I'm I'm for change when it's for the better. I don't know that all change is for the better. And I, I don't think that what Clawson is talking about with Sam Hartman 
is a change for the better of college football. It also just leads to what Mike Elko described as complete and utter chaos once the regular season ends and once the transfer portal opens and teams trying to manage their own roster. And some will win and some will lose big time in the transfer portal and, and in recruiting with, with signing day coming up. But how, how chaotic is it actually? Because if you're losing a guy to the portal, you're gaining a player from the portal. You're also, you're also a part of... Well, that's the, the entire, chaotic part of it. But for the coaches. Well, but, that's but, the chaotic part of it. It's, it's hard to develop a program. And I'm looking at this, I'm looking at Wake Forest's perspective. But I'm saying, okay, but I'm saying from Elko's perspective, if he, want, if he was offered the A&M job, he's, he's jumping even further into the deep end after saying what he said. Yeah, but it's different at A&M than it is at Duke. Right. He's talking as a Duke head coach right now. But he's, but he's and talking it's going to be Duke. hard for him. He's, he's talking, though, to the programs that – you're right, it is different. But if the haves and the have-nots, he would join the haves and be a part of who he's complaining about. Yes and no. You don't have to take that approach. At I mean, A&M, you will. I don't know that you have to – you don't have, at A&M, actually. You don't have to do any transfers if you're at A&M. You can keep all of them with your NIL money. You can recruit all your high school kids and actually develop a program. We're going to get into what Tom Brady had to say about this. There's no more programs. There's right. very few programs. There's teams year to year, but there's, very, there's not a lot of development within programs. It's even harder to do that. If you are a developmental program, quote-unquote, at Wake Forest or at Duke, what Clawson and Elko are talking about is it is damn near impossible for me to have a developmental program because when I develop someone that's not a big-time prospect into a great NFL prospect – they're going to start getting hit up in the transfer portal to go to a better team or a better program that's going to play in front of more people on Saturdays or get in front of more eyeballs on, on television, and they're going to go. Yeah. That makes my life even harder now for a guy who's selling family, culture, development, all those things. I get it. It's not ideal. But even the good programs are going to face chaos. There's going to be players at good programs that decide, hey, I'm not getting the playing time I want or I, I, I don't like the offense as much as I thought. I'm going to go somewhere else. It's just, it's what we keep getting back to. Getting a job in the NFL right now is far better and easier as a coach than being in college football. Now, there's a reason those top-level college coaches make so much money, too, but it's far easier in the NFL right now because of all these other headaches you have to deal with. And maybe it would be far easier if the college players unionized and we had a cap. If we had a cap, then you could have a general manager and you could have people that take care of that for you, right? That would make it far easier on the coach. Good. Roster yeah. management well, would become easier at that point. Rules and regulations that you can't, yeah, you and, can't tamper. And I think the first rule is when you sign, it's a three-year agreement out of high school, and then you can go wherever you want after that. And then you can start working into other people's salary cap at that point, also. So we we uh, we like what Dave Clawson had to say. Thanksgiving's tomorrow. We'll give thanks tomorrow. But each and every week at this time, we air our top grievance of the week. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for a Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, I, I like consistency in the narratives that are pushed in an offseason of a sport. And every year, and the NFL is brilliant at this, they have made a... a They've made news by just releasing their schedule in May. But when it's released, we as a media, as a fan base, and I'm one of them, pour through these schedules. We look at the primetime slots. 
after a year where it was awful, we're comparing it this year. Amazon's jumping in for Black Friday. They're getting the Jets and Aaron Rodgers against Tua and the Miami Dolphins. I can't then fast forward and start complaining about the schedule makers now. I can't complain about the schedule makers who have Patriots Giants in week 12 and know that the Patriots are going to have two wins and the Giants right now look like the worst team in football despite their win last week with Tommy DeVito at quarterback after what they had done the year prior. It's not just on the schedule makers. We'll get to Brady, as Chad said in a moment. It's about where the league is right now. And there's a reason why they cap certain teams on how many times they can be on national television. There's a reason why certain networks don't want a lot of the bad teams. But not every year are you going to have a perfect primetime slate. And all of a sudden, in what looked like crap in September, Vikings-Broncos is pretty good on Sunday night football. I just want some consistency in how we cover an offseason versus how we treat the regular season. That's my primary complaint. Hutton, perfect segue into my primary complaint because I'm going to complain also about consistency with schedule and schedules, plural. Schedules are meant to be vertical, people, okay? Google does this. Other websites do this where schedules will be side-by-side, four in a square, whatever it may be. I'll take it a step further. Schedules need to be, in the smallest amount of space, vertical. If you have a football season that's 12 games or 17 games, college or pro, I want to see it all on one screen, uh, on my computer, on my device, straight up and down, vertical, not huge boxes with ticket information and videos and all this other stuff on there, straight up and down, vertical. If you have an 82-game or 162-game season, I get that I can't get it all there, but still make it as small as possible and vertical. We have to get away from horizontal schedules online. It's very simple. Vertical, small, one box, one screen. I could be the web developer and designer for pro sports teams, college teams everywhere with that simple idea. Schedules are meant to be vertical. When they're not, it is my primary complaint. Gentlemen, I guess we're all three hitting the trifecta on the schedules. Mine has to deal with fantasy football. Currently, the commissioner, I play in one fantasy football league. And you are the commissioner. I am the commissioner. I'm thankful for you, Davey, for that. And the biggest issue is I'm the commissioner of a bunch of idiots. (laughs) I have gone through so many issues with my friends. And again, this is a a league where every single one of us graduated within two years of each other in high school. So we've known each other for years and years at this point. But my problem is, if you notice something's wrong at the beginning of the season and you want me to go in and fix it, let me know at the beginning of the season. We're two weeks out from playoffs and you have an issue with the schedule and you're just now letting me know? I I mean, I'm going to go through some of my friends. Uh, Listen, uh, Tyler... You, I, I don't even know why yeah, Tyler. you are trying. The other thing with Tyler is now that he's, up, he's finally had one good year, he wants to make this a dynasty league and just make it all keepers. It's like, that's not how this Very works, smart. you idiot. He does know next, how it works. Then. Next, uh, Hayden always sending memes in the group chat about how you don't always get the waivers you want. We have a waiver system. You know the system. If you don't like it, make better decisions. Nate, I don't even know why I bother with you half the time. <laughs> Caleb, Brian, I do appreciate you guys. Taylor, you're good. Uh, but you're da- cool. Dallas, like, oh, da- is it Hayden or Aiden? Hayden. Okay. Hayden. And, Hayden uh, and Dallas yeah. sound like problems already. Yeah. Dallas, you always, 
Yeah, I know it's your first year in the group, man, but come on, get with the program. <laughs> we have a system. Look at how we're doing things, learn and go from there. But again, you don't have great examples to go by, so I can somewhat forgive you on that. But that's that's my primary complaint. I feel like uh, James Gandolfini, you know, in uh, when he's Tony Soprano, he's just driving around in his car. He's like singing dirty work. He's like, I don't want to do your dirty work no more. I feel like I am him in that moment where he just has that look on his face of he's just tired of dealing with the BS, and so am I. Davey, I love how angry you got. So like Chad that is a rant. softball coach. That been was dealing great. with this for yeah. this one's been bowling for hey, a couple weeks now. And I, I'm thankful that you're only in one league. I, I I would love to do that. Chad and I are in, I believe, two. Are you in one this year? I'm in one. We were always in like two or three, just based on different things yeah, going I, on. Or I'm sponsors. typically in one, maybe I, two. I, I just I hate the those that are like, oh, I'm I'm doing this league and I'm you're boasting about the league but you're also losing in the other one you, yeah. you failed to mention that how are your other four teams yeah. my nephew Fabiano does has a reason to be in 17,000 leagues you know he does I would like to keep it to one yeah my nephew Josh I'm talking to you you don't have a reason to be in 17 leagues even though you are Tom Brady it. on the state of today's NFL play next Puka Nakua